right? We got a lot of different things coming at you today, okay? And I'm just sensing a little bit of a lull right now. You don't got time that. All right? Let's go. Break it. Break it. Let it cross. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson and Adam Drovetta on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. What's happening? Welcome into another edition of Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Adam Drovetta back with me, Derek Johnson. We got RCST trivia. Three more matchups coming up at the 4 o'clock hour. We've also got Michael Swain of 24-7 Sports and Fog.net. We've got Sporting KC 2 tickets to give away. We're going to do that giveaway coming up in our next segment. We're also doing a giveaway online at RCST 1320 for those Sporting KC 2 tickets right here in Lawrence over at Rock Truck Park. Get some free tickets, family four-pack, or maybe a pair for you. Um, Again, just go on our Twitter account at RCST 1320. Uh, But yeah, like I said, Michael Swain, Ike Para, the assistant coach for Sporting KC 2, is going to join us in the 5 o'clock hour. Uh, Sporting KC 2 is... You know, that's that's the the team that's going to eventually be Sporting KC. You get to see a bunch of stars. It's like, you know, AAA for baseball. You're going to go see some top prospects before yeah. they become, you know, big time. I think it's, I mean, yeah, if you compare it to uh, anybody who's making a trip up to Omaha, I think officially the uh, Storm Chasers are in a town called Papillion, Nebraska. But anybody who's made a trip up there, um, you can see how much that town embraces their minor league team. And I think this is a really cool opportunity to... Um, to embrace a group, it's that's a family go environment. On. You can yeah, get the kids yeah. to get an autograph, and I know that uh, the the group of fans um, or the private. I know it's not the only group, but a big part, a big portion of the of the supporters of sporting the top team, you know, the Cauldron. A big uh, portion of the Cauldron is is in Lawrence. Lawrence has its own uh, wing of the Cauldron, um, as far as the supporters group. So I have no doubt that they would be interested in that. So it's a really cool chance to. Hey, I saw that guy. You know, yeah. and you don't know. I mean, sporting KC players have moved on to play in in the EPL in Europe. They've moved on to play for the U.S. national team. Mm-hmm. I mean, this you, you could see some really not just future MLS players, but future star players. Yeah, so it win could some be free a really tickets. cool thing. Hey, how about this? Um, KU basketball is gonna. You see this on like late night shows and stuff. Uh, apparently, KU basketball is gonna be doing mean tweets. KU basketball edition. Yes, from I, well, that's uh, Jimmy Kimmel is the host who came up with that. Okay, that's right. Um, and this is uh, it was a screenshot sent. They have like a group chat with some of the players, and you know, I'm sure staff and stuff at at KU. And they texted, "We're gonna have you guys read mean tweets and respond to them. We'll take ten minutes." David McCormick responds, "Mine is gonna definitely take more than ten minutes." <laughs> Poor Dave. Dude, I've always said this. So, like, first of all, have you tweeted anything negative about Dave? I'll, I'll say I'm I have, but it certain, hasn't been like... I'm, I mean, look, I, I want to be clear. I've anytime, never been the guy who's like, this guy sucks. Yeah, in, anytime, anytime I tweet or say, and I hope it, it shows in... Um, I hope it shows in, in how we talk about them on the show. I'm not afraid to, to criticize right. or discuss no, maybe I, the shortcomings of a player, but I'm never going to be... Like, or tweet at the player. Or exactly, like, yeah. tweet at the player. I, I always come from the position that, one, they're infinitely better than me, and two, it's not my job to decide who 
should be good enough to play for KU. That's Bill Self's job. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I also come back to if such and such player is still getting minutes, Bill Self knows more about basketball and about that player than me. So I, I'm sure I've criticized Dave before, but I, I certainly don't. I, I like to think I, I'm, I think I'm right in that it's never, you know, been any more than than you know just of his play. Yeah, I I remember, and I I still have this tweet up. You can probably go find it. It was from after the Dayton game. Um, after yep. the Dayton game, if you remember, David McCormick really struggled. I was. Uh... In Cancun, so I was. Oh yeah, I was far happier than you. Yes, after you that were. Game because I saw. I was not. I watched the end, and I said, and our resort was right on the beach. I saw the end of the game, and I said, I'm gonna go have a taco and a drink, and eh? this is gonna be just fine. That's a better way to to shake it off. I I remember because that was a bad game, and at that point we didn't have the context of of the injury that Dave was dealing with That's that true. I think makes it easier to understand like what's going on here. Um, and I remember saying, like, I, I think KU at some point is going to have to, like, rip the Band-Aid off here and try these young freshman centers. I'm not saying Dave's not going to play, but that, you know, you're going to have to go with these other guys. And I said that a lot this season. So, I mean, a lot of us have been wrong uh, hey, about a lot I, of stuff. I, I'll if he, take my if they want to dig something up that I said and he reads it, Oh, I'm wrong do all it. the time. Have I'm wrong, dude. I am Read wrong it, so often. We all are. I mean, and especially us because tweet, we have to voice our opinions on everything. If if, you know? if it means that KU wins a national championship, I will criticize. Oh, I, will, yeah. I will be wrong about every player. But, you know, I've always said this about Dave, and, and this message, like, backs this up. I have always, there's always been a part of me, even when there has been, you know, the points where we have had to criticize, like, what's going on here? Why is this inconsistent? Where it's like, you have this moment of realization, especially with a guy like that, where it's like, He's such a good guy. Every time we talked to David McCormick over the course of his career, he was so, like, he's a nice guy, like, smart kid. He's working on his well, that's master's. What I, was gonna, you know? I, I think like, a lot of people like to complain that the modern day of college of college sports is the wrong, doing it the wrong way and supposed to be about the education, et cetera, et cetera. And McCormick got a bachelor's degree in three years. I didn't do that. <laughs> and he's been working on his masters while playing college basketball. I mean, it brings me back. Remember Cassie Waite, mm-hmm. who graduated, played volleyball at Kansas. Same, All-time Diggs same, leader. Yeah. yeah, same kind of concept. Terrific player. Graduated in three years and was in law school her uh, fourth year of eligibility. Same concept. David McCormick was getting a graduate degree while he was playing Division One basketball. I think David McCormick ran into a couple issues. The prime, like, David McCormick kind of, especially when you factor in the injury, made me think he's, I think, better than Landon Lucas. But I think they ran into the same issue, which is I think they probably both maxed out what they're capable of. Mm -hmm. The problem is they were on either side of amazingly great team. But, like, David McCormick was really good, and he, I think, maxed out, which is all you could ask of a player. I think he maxed out his capabilities. He just happened to follow up Yudoka Azubuki, who's yeah. an absolute freak of nature. But see, I also remember having the conversation. This was a KU fan-wide thing, too, not just us. But um, if if KU, and this was, I think, after the maybe Texas Tech game when they lost in Lubbock, if you could add, like, any other Bill Self big man, if you could add Landon Lucas to this team, if you could add whatever, yeah, like how much better off would they be? And, again, turns out Dave figured it out. I don't know if it was just him getting healthier or... Or what went into that, but he got the last laugh, and you know You're we all right criticized. I'll, you know, like I said, I've been wrong. I'll be wrong. I, you again. know what I want? I but, want uh, him, good for him. Man. What I hope he does is, if they actually do this mean tweets thing, what I hope he does. 
Remember the picture of um, Christian Brown during the parade where he wore a hat? Yeah. All of their, like a Big 12 regular season champs hat, a Big 12 tournament champs hat, a regional champs hat. Like, what I hope Dave McCormick does is, like, he reads a mean tweet, puts on one hat, reads a mean tweet, puts on the next hat, mm-hmm. on and on, all the way to the national championship that'd be good. hat. Or I just adds all gr- his rings. That yeah, I think that'd be a great flex. All right, so I, the camera just pans out, and there's all the trophies right. sitting around him. I do want to get into we we've been spending so much time. By the way, RCST brought to you by T-Mobile. T-Mobile has amazing deals for everyone at any of the Lawrence locations. Don't choose between value or coverage. Get both with T-Mobile. Uh, we've spent so much time talking about the title, and that will never get old. And we'll continue to talk about the title. But I, you know, I I'm ready to to turn the page at least a little bit and start discussing like the off season and what's ahead for KU and everything. Um, so let's just start this pretty simply. Like, who's gone? Who comes back? Who's somewhere in the middle? I want to start looking at for sure who's gone. We know the seniors yep. who have exhausted eligibility, right? Remy Martin, Mitch Lightfoot, Jalen Coleman-Lance. Despite his best efforts, Mitch Lightfoot has used yeah, up all of his eligibility. Back. Do you think Mitch Lightfoot will be a coach next year? Like, I, I know the coaching staff's filled, but, like, they'll, they'll you know, like whatever. Grad, they'll, grad assistant Yeah, grad assistant, something like that. Maybe I don't know what I don't even know what his major is. That's a good question. There are, he probably has three by now. There are not know. a ton of tall coaches. I've noticed that. Like Danny well, Manning, Danny Manning but he yeah. made, yeah, but he made it to. I'm talking about head coaches. Juwan Howard. And he he They're made just it all former to, players. He made it to, um, like Tulsi made it to the tournament with Tulsi. I think once with Patrick Lake Ewing. But he's. It, I'm talking about really great, uh-huh. like really good players. Now it could also just be where very few people are six foot eleven. But it's just something I've always noticed. It's like my theory about ugly coaches. You can't be successful if you're <laughs> ugly because people have to take you seriously, right. and they won't if you're ugly. Yeah, mom and dad have to trust you. Yeah. And I don't know. And if you're weird looking, no one's going right. to trust you. Um, Ochai technically could come back, but he's, he's for not. sure gone. He's for sure gone. So yeah. those are the five in this category. For sure gone, Remy, Mitch, Jalen Coleman-Lance, Tien, and Ochai. So the next category we get to is the probably gone. Now, you can debate me on this if you disagree. I, I don't know what your thoughts are. I have both Christian Brown and David McCormick in the probably gone. I would actually move Dave up to the definitively gone. You would, okay. I would put him with in the category of Ochai that, yes, by rule, he can come back. I'd be shocked if he did. Right. Well, I mean, logically. I, I would be, And I guess maybe I would put him in that category simply because I would be less surprised. I would put him in a separate category from Brown. Because I'd be less surprised if Christian Brown came. Well, back. if I just like hypothetically walked up to you and, and took out the player names and and all that stuff and and just gave you the bare facts of saying, uh, there's a guy who can come back for one more year of school who is not in the top 100 of like draft boards if you search around on different websites. Um, he is going to make a boatload of NIL, money up yeah. nil. That's true. And um. He could, if he came back, like supplant his legacy as getting his jersey up in the rafters. The NIL changes so much. It does. It's it like does. We, we had the same conversation about Oscar Sheba. Mm-hmm. It it really yeah, changes. he's gonna make more money than it, getting, you know, a yeah, two way deal. You're yeah, you're going to. I mean, he could, playing in Europe. Dave, or whatever. Dave McCormick could be talking six figures for NIL deals. Hundred percent. I mean, you could get, think about that. If you basically hit the shot of the tournament, that's not just a local thing. Like, Dave could seriously, if he came back, get like national yeah. on, you know, commercials on well, I mean, that are going to air during w- college basketball. Win- games, yeah, right? Wendy's, is, Wendy's did a million. Yeah. It's not long until now. Wendy's, By the way, what an investment for Wendy's. Yeah. Wow. Um, well, his, heck, Dave McCormick's 
face and, and arms <laughs> yeah, have been right. stretched out at that uh, Wendy's that's on right. 23rd. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is Wendy's, you know, runs a billion commercials during the tournament anyway. And so often they use pro players. They've used re- or, or retired pro players, Reggie, uh, Reggie Miller. Um, they have Dave and, McCormick. And, and, but that's what I'm saying. It's not much longer until these, these brands find out, hey, these college players who are actually participating in the tournament, there's some lucrative money to be made off of them too. Um, you wonder, you know, if a coach gets bounced, Scott Drew, Bill Self has done it a couple times. If a coach gets bounced before the final four, Bob Huggins did it. If they get bounced early in the tournament, they're on the panel at CBS. I wonder if CBS starts doing that for players. I mean, David McCormick, like we said, really good talker, yeah, it, smart guy. Like, yeah, you'd be great for that. Exactly. If, and you don't want that to happen because you mm-hmm. hope if he comes back, they're playing in the final four again next year. But let's say that does happen and they get bounced in the Sweet 16. Then come Final Four time, you could have a player that lost earlier in the tournament on a CBS Sports panel talking tournament. Yeah, that's that's a really good idea. So if, if when you explain it that way, it makes it seem like, well, why wouldn't he come back? He'd make more money than going pro. Again, though, I do tend to agree with you, but for those reasons, that's why I shifted him to probably gone. For Christian Brown, um, there is a world out there where he goes and tests and they tell him, hey, we want to see you be more aggressive, like, attempt more threes and uh, quicken your release or whatever uh, from three-point range and yeah. and be the guy on a team. We want to see what that looks like. And if that happens, you could be a top 20 pick. And if that happens, then yes, there's a world where he decides to come back. I just, I think that given he would probably at the lowest be like an early second round pick, like that's the thing. Last year with Ochai, there wasn't even a guarantee he would be a second. I think yeah. he would have been a second, but like it wasn't guaranteed. So I... I think he's probably gone, but again, there is an avenue for him coming back. The 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 Christian Brown thing, I would go the only player I would go back to would be um Thomas Robinson, obviously different position. But and I actually think I would actually make an argument and maybe this winds up in mean tweets. I would make an argument that Christian Brown is a better NBA prospect than Ochai Baji, uh mm. simply because of I just—that's no, not mean. That's you mean, yeah. Mainly. Complimented someone that's, like yeah. very well. I, I just think Christian Brown yeah. could be something not 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 like all star worthy, but I think Christian Brown could have a ten year NBA career. Do but you, what I, to bring back to the Thomas Robinson point? Thomas Robinson, by a lot of mock drafts, had him hovering somewhere twentieth to into first round at the end of the twenty eleven season. He came back and turned himself into a sixth overall pick. Something that having to do with who else was in that draft, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think of Christian, like you could, you could see a world in which Christian Brown that that's what happens. That he says, "Okay, I'm hovering around first round right now, but if I do this, this, and this, then I'm all of a sudden top ten. Um, and he just watched it happen with Ochai, not even borderline first round, like you said, maybe borderline not picked. And Ochai worked worked himself into probably a top 20, if not lottery pick. Um, So maybe because he just witnessed that, on top of the fact that he, you know, you want to talk personality, he's super marketable. Um, So maybe he comes back for those reasons. But I also think a huge difference between now and maybe 15 years ago in the NBA is being picked in the second round means a lot more now than it used to. Yeah, a lot more guys make it. Yeah, being picked in the second round, like you like. You could basically one out of every maybe thirty dudes, one one guy out of the entire second round in a given year, might go on to have a, a legitimate multi-year NBA career. 
right now, if you get picked in the second round, you have a much better shot than you ever did before of having a multi-year NBA career. It's you know, Devontae right. Graham's a perfect example, but he's not the only one. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Do you think? Because if Christian Brown comes back, he'll be preseason Big Twelve Player of the Year. If you win that award, like he's he's going up in the rafters at that point. Yep. Does that matter at all? Does playing in Columbia? Where he would love to get a road win. Like, does that matter at all to the decision? Can you imagine? I'll answer your question. Well, first, my answer to that is probably very minimal. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's one of those things if he does come it's, back, it's an add on. Exactly. But can you imagine, like, it, his level of motivation? And I don't want this to happen because I don't like people being mean. But if Missouri fans tweet something mean toward him, or his mom because she'll be wearing KU gear in that game next year. She wore KU gear in the game this year, and she obviously played at Missouri. Um, he'll like he'll go off for seventy five points and then kick somebody in the nads. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you know what I'm saying. Like you could picture mm-hmm. one of those antlers tweeting something about his, you know, you know how, about his mom, how she used to play at Missouri, and now she's wearing KU stuff and giving them grief about something like that. Um, I just can picture him losing, like, just really going, you know, I, I, of course, exaggerated there, but, I mean, really being hyper-motivated and, and screaming about how much he has an itch like he did uh, in the Final Four. Yeah. Okay, let's get on. I, I think Jalen Wilson is a 50-50 guy. Like, I could see either way. Uh, he tested the waters last year. Bill Self always says, you know, uh, go test. Like, it's good to get feedback, but don't go into the process unless you – really think in your mind you're fine going pro because if you don't go in with you know two feet in then it's not going to be worth anyone's time you won't won't go full board and i will say like i hear a lot of people say this like why would you not test well i'll tell you why because if you test before you're ready like that as much as first impressions shouldn't matter they absolutely do yeah right so if you have a bad first impression on a scout and then you're way better the next year like that scout is still going to have that in the back of their mind yeah they're going to have the low bar in the back of the mind but anyway that's that's neither here nor there um I could see him going pro for that reason. I also have not been seeing him pop up as, as being a guy who'd be drafted, but maybe he just wants to start his pro career and he's fine being on a two-way contract or just kind of working his way up from there. And that's fine. That's fine. Otherwise, he could come back. And again, if Christian's gone, Ochai's gone, Dave's gone, he probably comes back and he's Big 12 preseason player of the year. The other ones are pretty much questions of do they transfer or are they back? I mean, technically, everyone could go into the portal. Like, it, it, the way college basketball goes, it wouldn't be that surprising to see anyone in there. Um, so I guess let's just go through, and I guess we'll each give, like, a quick one word or, I don't know, a quick answer of whether we think they're, they would transfer or not. Joe Yesifu, I say no. I would lean no, but because of the next guy we're going to talk about, I think this next guy is a little more likely to come back than Yesifu. Okay, I would lean no. Pettiford, I would also lean no. I'd go pretty strong that he's coming back. Yes, I, I think there's a good chance. I mean, one of those two guys I think is going to start, and the other one I think would still play 20 minutes, yep. you know? Okay, uh, Zach Clements. I say no because I think, again, like, assume okay, if David McCormick were to surprise us and come back, then maybe it's a conversation. But I still view him, he's a Kansas kid, he's still going to get sizable minutes next year. The way... Matt Tate talked about him the other day, and I know he wasn't reporting the other day. He was just speculating. But he talked in such a way that maybe, or maybe it was um, Flaherty, but one of them talked in such a way that it made me seem like 
Self is up front with his players about the 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 um, plans he has for him in the future. And I think Self has probably been very clear with Clements all year that he's going to be part of this future, and that's why I think Clements is back. Yeah, um, so I would agree he's back. K.J. Adams. That one's tougher. I wonder if Jalen Wilson comes back if he's gone. Because if Jalen Wilson goes, I could see K.J. starting at the four. God, that's a... I'd love more offense out of him. I know. Before I'm starting him at but the also, four. I think he kind of is in a perfect matchup situation. Like, him and Zach Clements or him and Cam Martin, that's perfect to me because yeah. offensively, essentially, KJ's the five. You put him down low, you have the other guys as the stretch. Defensively, KJ's basically um, in a situation where he can switch one through four, but he's more of like the weak side rim, rim protector than those other guys. So I don't, yeah. I don't know. I. But, yeah, I think that's 50-50. KJ or Kyle Cuff, that one would not surprise me if he I'd leaves. say gone, yeah. I'd mm-hmm. lean gone. Because I just don't know what the avenue to playing time is. And they're going to keep recruiting guys that are going to be, like, at a high level. Um, I think the guys that I say are back for sure. I don't know. Maybe this guy you would consider is possible transfer portal. But Cam Martin literally posted on Twitter that, like, he's excited for next season. And um, we're going to have Michael Swain on here in a bit. And I know he'll share a story about um cam martin but yeah he was like in a twitter post see all next year back to back so like yeah he'll be, so that tells me he's back he's back dewan is for sure back, back right yep and then you have incoming grady dick mj rice i expect both those guys to play big minutes Ernest duday we'll see where he goes in the rotation wouldn't surprise me if he i don't know like maybe he's a classic bill self rim protected big man he plays a lot maybe he gets buried behind all these centers zuby edgiefer feels like more of a uh developmental guy um, so what that leaves is your plus one in scholarships right now. Brown goes, you're even. Dave goes, you're minus one. Jalen, someone else transfers. You have even more spots. So uh, I guess we'll just wait and see what the offseason beholds. I'm sure I think we're going to see a lot of the uh, transfer portal. But I- I've got a note there at the bottom that you yeah. need to share because that has a huge – I think that has a bigger – that last little asterisk there uh, has a lot more to do with the incoming – freshman than I think then it has some to do with transfers but I think it has a lot to do with um the incoming freshman yep if KU gets popped by the IARP and the NCAA you get a postseason ban or a two-year ban how does that affect the roster yeah and that's an that we've that's going to take more like than freshman we don't have time right for that exactly do freshmen decommit do the guys who are maybe 50 50 on going pro just say you know what forget that I'm going pro it it could have a very resounding effect on uh, what happens for KU all right we're going to take a timeout. We're up against it here. Michael Swain will join us in 15 minutes. This is RCST on KLWN. Depend on it. Would you like to get involved in sponsoring Rock Chalk Sports Talk or the Best of RCST podcast? How about getting involved in some KU action or local high school sports? You can reach out to us, djohnson at gpmnow.com. That's djohnson at gpmnow.com. And we'll see what we can do to help out your business and get involved here in local sports. All right, we're going to be joined by Michael Swain in about 10 minutes here on RCST. Talk more about the KU basketball offseason, and that will actually be the theme of today's daily poll. Poll for today. Who do you think is most likely to be back for KU basketball next season? Your three options. Jalen Wilson, Christian Brown, David McCormick. I'd say from that. Should I put Mitch Lightfoot as the fourth (laughs) option, or will everyone just vote for that? From that list, I would say Jalen. Yeah, how would you rank those three? Jalen, Brown, McCormick, in that order. I just don't see. I maybe my maybe I'm way wrong, and 
I just don't see David McCormick coming back. I don't either, which again is weird. funny because I can make the most logical yeah, case. Yeah, I know. But also you could say, like, see, I don't know where to spin I could this. also see M- Bill Self saying, you need to go. What is your reason for coming back? You could just say, because I'm going to make a boatload of money <laughs> yeah, on NIL yeah, and I'm going to be one point. of your best players next year. But I don't know. I also, I mean, Bill Self has kind of looked at guys and said, no, this is the time right. of your life where it's time to move on. But again, can you say that to him when he, Could like you allowed Mitch of, yeah. Lightfoot back for a sixth that's year? That's a good point. And it's not like Dave's going to get drafted, right? Yeah, that's a good point. So I, I don't know, but and I don't know how the foot injury would affect it, because you could argue to me that, you know, because you have the injured foot, get out to the pros now before it gets worse. But that's the thing with that. He's, he's a big man. But you could also say... Yeah, but if the foot's going to be a future problem, wouldn't you rather be at KU where you make all the NIL money? That's true. I don't Either know. way, I mean, I just know. It, and you have with, less games to play. I'm, I'm feet, and I mean, this is what killed me about Joel Embiid, and I was I was upset about that in mid January because I knew it was not going to go away. Feet and lower back problems in big men don't stop. They do not stop. They don't stop for anyone, and no, let but, alone when no, you're seven but, feet tall. Yeah, it's like when you're way big, worse, right? Yeah, yeah. For big men, those don't stop. Um, and so, yeah, I, that's uh, maybe for that reason he does come back or maybe for that reason he leaves. Yeah. I, his is the most, uh, cause I agree. I just, I, I've just kind of been playing devil's advocate, but I do agree as much as I can talk about reasons why he would come back. I do think he is going to, going to move on. Um, I, I go back and forth though, whether I think it's more likely it'd be him or Christian. I think to me, Jalen would be the most likely to come back, but I think, would you agree that no matter what, as it, assuming that, let's say, one of those three comes back, doesn't matter which one, do you think no matter what, that w- guy would be Big 12 preseason player of the year? I mean, I'd off the to top see, of my I'd head. i see who Baylor brings back. Well, that's the thing, but Baylor didn't have... So Baylor loses James Akinjo, who was, I think, their lone first-team player. Adam Flagler was a second-teamer. He could be a candidate. Um but Baylor didn't have like the All American guy, right? Who's coming back? He's also the guy the who team. thought the Baker Mayfield commercials inside the stadium were that was Flagler. True fact. So he's <laughs> he might be he might be coming back. That but discounts him for you. He, well, he's not splitting the atom anytime soon. Uh, all right. Every major. Uh, by the way, RCST brought to you by T-Mobile. T-Mobile has faster speeds with 5G, as fast as Wi-Fi, and up to 15 times faster than 4G. T-Mobile covers over 100 million Americans with their high-performance, ultra-capacity 5G. So we have tickets to give away for the Sporting KC2 game. It's over at Rock Chalk Park. Um, it's Saturday night, so you know it's not like there's another sporting event going on in town. Uh, we have 30 tickets to give away. We're giving some away on social media. We're going to have an interview with Ike Okpara, the assistant coach for Sporting KC2 in the 5 o'clock hour. We're going to start giving away tickets right now. All you got to do if you want tickets, give us a call. Right here on the KLWN studio line, 785-843-1321. Actually, I think I just said that wrong. Do not call that number. The correct KLWN. No, that's right. Okay, I'm sorry. I always confuse it with two numbers. 785-843-1321. I, I'm sorry if I uh, spooked you there. 785-843-1321. 785-843-1321. We're going to go to commercial break here. Call us. Get some free tickets to Sporting KC2 on uh, Saturday night. With Adam Brevet, I'm Derek Johnson. This is RCST. Michael Swain, Fog.net, joins us next. Joined now by Michael Swain of 24-7 Sports and Fog.net. 
here on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. So uh, we're waiting on some decisions from a lot of the KU players, and I think today I'm, I'm finally starting to turn the page from you know the the title to all right. Let's get into some offseason stuff. Um, Christian Brown, Jalen Wilson, David McCormick are all the guys that you know I guess have some sort of, of varying levels of decision outside of all the guys that maybe have the decision of do they stay or, or transfer. I don't know if we'll, we'll hear about any tonight with the uh, banquet going on. We, we've seen that in the past. I remember Perry Ellis and some other guys who have announced. I think Devontae Graham did at the uh, banquet that they were coming back, but it feels like now with testing rules, like everybody just going to test and, and we won't hear about that. But how would you rank between those three, Brown, Wilson, and McCormick in terms of least likely to come back versus most likely to come back? Yeah, I think Dave McCormick is the least likely to come back. I mean, you couldn't have, you literally could not have drawn up a better way for him to kind of walk into the sunset, right? Even if he didn't win MOP of the Final Four, right? Bill Self has basically come out and said that, yeah, he was the, he was the MOP of the Final Four. We'll see kind of the implications that has on his jersey potentially being retired. I think he's gone. I think the foot, I think his time playing in college, I think the end of this season gives him the perfect time to walk away. Second, I think, is Christian Brown. Um, I don't think he's going to be back next year. I think he's one that kind of throughout the season was toiling with it. And I think considering the way that March went for him and how good he was, particularly, I think, in the second half of the Final Four and just on the biggest stage, he was good. And I think for him, he right now, if you look on some of those kind of early, early, early mock drafts, he's kind of fringe first-round pick. I think he's someone that probably will take that and go try and be a pro and go try and make his way. I think Jalen Wilson has the most fascinating decision because I think if you left it up to him, maybe he wants to go, right? Maybe he wants to go follow his friends and Christian and Ochai and, and Dave McCormick and go try and go pro. But I wonder if this is the best opportunity for him right now. Um, obviously, last year, the athleticism was kind of a question with him. Um, I think he looked more explosive this season, but... I wonder how he'll test. I'm sure he's going to declare for the draft with, like, you know, the, the test of waters and be able to come back. Um, I'm curious to see what the athleticism numbers look like for him because I think that was kind of the question. And then also shooting, right? He was a sub-30% shooter from three. So I think he's someone that I think is the, probably out of the ones you mentioned the most likely to come back. But I think even for him, it's an interesting decision to make, right? Do you want to come back and kind of be the lead guy next year? And can you improve your three-point shot? We've seen guys come back and do that in the past before, right? You look at someone like Marcus Garrett, his trajectory over the course of his career, where he goes from can't knock down an open three um, if to save his life to all of a sudden being a guy that can make several threes in a game. So I think Wilson's decision is super fascinating. Um, if I had to pick, I think he probably comes back, though. Yeah, Wilson's the one to me that I I think he could improve his draft stock the most if he did and and he Mm -hmm. shot it well. With Christian Brown, you know, if he comes back and he's ultra-aggressive, I think he could probably improve his stock, but I I don't think it's the same as, like, the case with Ochai. I I don't know how much more he can really raise the stock, so I get that one. It's funny because I agree with you. I've I've been in this, um, I guess, mindset ever since, I don't know, toward the end of the regular season that, you know, Dave was gone. But it's funny because he has the least pro potential of any of those three he probably has the least likelihood of of getting drafted of any of those three players and also by basically by nature of um the fact that he should have won final four mop he could make so much money off nil here at kansas but um 
I guess the combination of you already have your degree and and this and that. It's just it's a fascinating conversation. I think I think NIL really changes a lot of it because of that fact. Because of the fact that you know hypothetically Jalen Wilson or um, David McCormick could come back and they would make more money off NIL. I would assume than they would playing in the G League or overseas in Europe or something like that. So it, it's weird because in in the case of Dave, you do have that kind of drop the mic moment. But again, if if you want to make more money. And you want to really supplant your legacy with Kansas to get your raft, your name up in the rafters? I think you could make a case for him to come back, but I just I, I can't see it happening. I think for me with Dave, I look at the foot right. I kind of wrote about this kind of after Final Four, but he had to show up three hours early to practice every day just to get his foot ready to practice. And I wonder this off season if they do something with it, if whether that be surgery, if he has to take time off, and so I, I wonder if that weighs in his decision at all to come back or not because do you think from his perspective right okay my foot's kind of bugging me should I go try and capitalize on the money right now and go pro and try and get myself a multi-year contract or do I go back to Kansas try and boost the stock even more boost my legacy um, and get some of that NIL money on the front end Um, I think it's interesting dynamic I just think you listen to what Bill Self said at at senior day um, you listen to what David said at senior day. It really does seem like he, at that point in time, kind of made his mind up that, hey, you know, I'm going through senior day. I think this is going to be it. Bill Self said he didn't expect him back either. Um, I think that's interesting. Um, I'll be fascinated to see what he says tonight, right, at the banquet. But I think looking ahead, too, for someone like Christian Brown, I think you're right. Like, the only thing realistically that I see he could do coming back is, like, can you make your release quicker from three? Like, that's the one thing is he has a little bit of a slow release. But outside of that, it's like, not really, you can't really improve much else coming back to college. A lot of that's just going to have to happen with you kind of learning the ropes and the pros. We're talking with Michael Swain here on RCST. Um, how would you peg your, I guess, way too early uh, on April 14th starting lineup projection for next season right now? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. Um, I, I do think Bobby Pettiford probably starts. Um, I think that behind the scenes, everything that they've said about Bobby is super positive. And I think that his injury wasn't something that's super serious and that he's not going to miss a ton of time this summer. So it seems like he's going to get a full off season. Um, I think if you go to the five spot, I think that's super fascinating. I think what KU does in the portal is going to tell us a lot about what they feel about Zach Clements. Um, Because if they go to the portal and get a big man that can play in the post, I think that tells us that the coaching staff feels, all right, Zach Clements ready to be a rotation player, ready to play kind of that 15 minutes per game, ready to kind of contribute that way. But is he ready to be your starting center at Kansas on a team that wants to win the Big 12? I don't know. And then I think from there, I look at Jalen Wilson probably being the starter um, at the four. Um, and then, of course, you know, you're probably picking between Grady Dick or M.J. Rice. I lean actually M.J. Rice probably starting at the three. And then, of course, you have to have Dewan Harris, right? You know, so I think you're looking at the backcourt of Bobby Pettiford, Dewan Harris, M.J. Rice at the three, uh, Jill Wilson at the four, and then Zach at the five, and then Grady Dick probably coming off the bench um, to start the season. But I think Grady Dick and MJ Rice, super interchangeable parts there. Um, I think that could go either way. Yeah, I, I think the uh, biggest impact there of Jalen coming back is probably KJ Adams because I think you could probably make a case that KJ could end up starting at the four if if Jalen ends up going. Um, but I, I I don't know. Like, do you think if you had to list like your your top candidates? And again, we don't we don't really know what everybody wants to do and everything. But your top candidates for possibly transferring out of the program based on what happens 
who would be kind of the near the top of that for you or, or guys that at least are on your radar the most? Yeah, so I think that, uh, you know, you think about guys like Joseph Yesu, for example, right? I think that he's probably going to stay. I think you look at him transferring from Drake, and the only reason I say that, you know, why would he consider transferring? You look at the playing time, right, last year. Um, but then I think you look ahead to this year, and it's like, okay, you got Bobby and DeWan probably starting, but hey, Joe, like, you can be the third guard off the bench. Like, you saw how much Rory Martin played in March by being a, an energy guy off the bench. Maybe you can do that. Um, I look at someone like Kyle Cuff maybe wanting to transfer. I'm not sure what his spot would look like next year. Um, obviously, Cam Martin got asked about it. Um, he was one that I kind of had as a we'll kind of have to wait and see, but I guess word is that he'd have to go down to D2 to be able to play next season. Um, I I thought it'd be interesting with him redshirting if that would count as a quote-unquote sit-out year, right, that used to do in the old rules, and if he'd be able to have a free transfer. But sounds like he'll have to go down to D2 if he wants to transfer, so it sounds like he'll probably stay. And then KJ is an interesting decision, right? Because you think about him and his fit, and I think that's the biggest question, right? What does his fit look like? Are you going to throw it to him in the post if he's playing the five? Probably not. And does he have the rim protection to play the five under Bill Self, you know, consistently? I don't know. But then if you're playing him at the four, he can't really shoot. So then you run into the question of, okay, the only way you could really play KJ at the four is if you have Cam or Zach at the five. That's fine, but again, then you kind of run into that rim protection issue again, where you know Zach Clemens does not have the longest arms in the world. He's strong and he's not soft, as Bill Self has said. But do you kind of lose some of that? And obviously, Dave McCormick was not a great rim protector this year, but he at least offered something there in terms of the size and the length inside. So I think KJ's interesting decision. I think he's the one that kind of is just fifty-fifty up in the air. If he wants to come back. I'm sure the coaching staff would be like, great, cool, we're happy to have you back. If you left, the coaching staff would probably say, man, bummed to have you, see you go, but the fit was always going to be a little bit interesting. So just kind of my opinion, you know, I, we'll have to kind of see. That's the deal with the transfer portal nowadays is these guys all have their own decisions to make, right? It's a two-way street. So we'll kind of see when they do the exit interviews. Well, are there any players in the transfer portal or remaining in the class of 2022 that maybe stick out to you as, as far as – you know, logical fits or possible interest from KU, or is that just something that, again, it's just going to kind of all revolve on on what those main three guys do and, and what everyone else does as far as transferring? Yeah, so if we're going off of what we talked about earlier with Christian Brown leaving, you're going to have one scholarship to work with. Um, I think he's done doing high school. I mean, you're taking four high school guys, and you're already a young team outside of that, right? You mentioned if KJ stays, if Zach's, or Zach will stay, um, if Zach, you know, Bobby, that's a lot of underclassmen on a team. And I think they also talked about a lot in March that, you know, being old is how you are uber, uber successful in, in postseason play. So I think you're going to see KU probably try and hit more of a veteran player. And I think that'll come from the transfer portal. I think it's too early to say who the guys are that KU's going to go after. Again, we don't even know if they've done the exit interviews yet, right? We haven't seen anyone enter the portal, anyone announce their decisions yet. I think we'll need to let that stuff sort of play out, let the coaching staff get an idea of what they need, and then they'll go attack the portal. And that's the nice part, too, is that you've got some time here, right? This isn't like football, for example, where you've got to kind of think about your, your summer workout programs and things like that. Like, great, it's great to have guys get here in the summer, but Isaiah Moss got here in August, and he ended up being a huge part of KU's kind of uh, run there in 2020. So I think timing-wise, you know, KU does have a little bit more time. They can take their time, be really assertive with the guys they go after. But I think in terms of positions, I look at kind of center 
And then guard is probably being the two. You know, does KU go after kind of a scoring guard that maybe can alleviate some of that pressure from a Dewan Harris to take the next step in terms of his own scoring and let Dewan kind of be what he was when Remy was out there this year, where it's Dewan can go guard the best guy, can facilitate on offense and not have to worry about getting to the rim, make threes, all those things, and let his game kind of naturally develop. So I think I'm looking at those two positions being the ones that don't only tell us what this coaching staff feels about the roster, but also I think just kind of what what the needs are um, going ahead. We're talking with Michael Swain of Fog.net here. I I did want to talk a little KU football spring preview last week. Did anyone stick out to you, anything impress you uh, from Saturday outside of uh, Christiane? Oh, God, Christy Hans. That was interesting. <laughs> um, uh, Tywin Berryhill, like, I thought he was good. And I asked Lance Leipold about him afterwards, and he kind of gave some rave reviews about it, too. Um, he's a linebacker who kind of up until this spring has kind of been under the radar guy. You know, he was um, had some good offers coming out of high school, right? He was a Los Miles recruit, and kind of over the course of time has now really developed. And all of a sudden you're looking at that linebacker group where last season you looked at it like, oh, my God, they have no depth there whatsoever. It's Rich Miller, Gavin Potter, Nate Betts, and who else? And now all of a sudden you're kind of looking at it and you're thinking, okay, he was five deep at linebacker they can go with, right? You've got Rich Miller, Gavin Potter, Craig Young, Eric Gilliard, and now you've got Burial. So I think in general, his emergence has allowed Key to have a lot more depth at that position where, you know, it's going to be really crucial. Right, because if KU's going to play this kind of ball control style, you're really going to need to stop other teams um, from running the ball. And so I think the linebacker core has taken a huge step forward, and I think Barry Hill deserves a lot of credit because it seems like he's going to play kind of that weak side linebacker spot. Um, and he started for the spring game, which I thought was really interesting too. So he was one that definitely caught my attention. Um, offensively, really interested to see what the wide receiver core looks like. Um, they haven't gone after anybody in the transfer portal. They've said that. They are over scholarship to wide receiver, but just watch them during spring. Uh, I'm a little curious to see if they maybe change that because I was not overly impressed. But then again, it's just a spring preview, and it's hard to kind of take too much from that. Yeah, I mean, speaking of that transfer portal, uh, to Colby Williams headed out, what, about 10 days ago, something like that, a week and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Is this basically a one-in, one-out? Does that mean they are open to being able to take someone on from the transfer portal at whatever position right now? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They will need to hit the transfer portal this offseason. Um, I wrote about it a little bit for our VIP subscribers over at Fog.net that there are about four or five positions they're going to look probably try and hit in the transfer portal. And I think they've got multiple spots that they can work with. Um, to call, they obviously hit the transfer portal. We'll see if anyone else decides to transfer out. They're doing those kind of exit interviews, post-spring practice evaluations now over the course of April um, before the coaches go out on the road kind of at the end of this month. So really the timetable right now for the football transfer portal is kind of that May 1st or 2nd. That's kind of the day that the transfer portal will probably stop. Guys will stop going because at that point, um, players cannot enter and still play in the fall. And everyone wants to enter and still play in the fall. So you'll see a lot of players enter between now and the end of the month. And so I think that'll give KU some players to look at, guys to pursue. And maybe there's some guys that will be less pursued that KU feels are good enough to play at KU and make an impact, but aren't pursued heavily because there are so many people out there. So KU's definitely going to look at the portal. I mean, they did a darn good job in December um, hitting the portal. So we'll see if they can kind of replicate that this spring. All right, here's a uh, fun or question for you. More wins. KU in the Big 12 plus NCAA tournament in basketball in 2023 or KU football in 2022? 
okay basketball. I mean, there's not a guarantee they're playing in the postseason. You have that that risk there. Oh. Oh, that's true. Now nah, I'll still roll basketball. Okay. I, I think I think people just got to tamper the expectations for this year. Just let this year be the year that if they do well, it'll surprise you. It'll be fun. Just don't don't get ahead of yourself this year yet, KU fans. Just let it let it play out. Twenty twenty three will be probably the year that you see the, the big jump. Okay. All right, uh, before we let you go, as always, one last thing with Adam. All right, Michael, one last thing. Today is the celebration of the Last Supper. When was the last time you ate a meal on the same side of the table as 12 other people? (laughs) Oh, it would have been in college when I was in a fraternity. We did those kind of big dinners. So Uh, five, six years ago, maybe. Okay. Did Leonardo da Vinci paint that? No, no. Oh, I don't think you want to paint that. We are all pretty ugly guys. And did anyone you wash your anywhere. feet? Yeah. Anybody wash your feet? <laughs> uh, no, not that I can recall. No, not that I can recall. You had to think about it, though. <laughs> you had to think about it. Well, Michael, thank you so much for the time, as always, man. Go check out his work. Subscribe at fog.net. Appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thanks, guys. Always enjoy it. All right, that's Michael Swain. Check out his work, Fog.net, with 24-7 Sports. He's Adam Dravetta. I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk. One hour down, down, two to go. RCST Trivia starts next here on FM 1017, 1320 KLWN. Depend on it. Would you like to get involved in sponsoring Rock Chalk Sports Talk or the best of RCST podcast? How about getting involved in some KU action or local high school sports? You can reach out to us, djohnson at gpmnow.com. That's djohnson at gpmnow.com. And we'll see what we can do to help out your business and get involved here in local sports. Our first trivia matchup of the day. Winner of this gets a $25 gift card to 23rd Street Brewery, where you can, every round you advance, go get yourself some Bill Self mac and cheese, Crimson Fog to wash it down or whatever, and an RCST trivia t-shirt. And we've got the five seed Ryan Goodwin, this year third appearance in this event, versus the twelve seed Blake Shadwick out of the Midwest. We'll start with Blake here. This is your first appearance in RCST trivia. Uh, how would you categorize your your level of KU fandom? Um, do you have any specialties that you feel like you know more than other things? Uh, to the specialties, not really. Um, level of fandom, I'd say pretty high. I've been pretty much a diehard since about 2003 going to games since then first memory is shaking hands with Kirk and Nick Carlson as they came out of the locker room and ever since then I've hardly missed games so um we'll see how this goes all my pre I'm a youngster so all my too old stuff will be um the real test but I'd like to think I'll fare well on Bill Selfair stuff so we'll see well, you're a 12 seed. That's usually a trendy upset pick. And the five seed you're taking on, Ryan Goodwin. Ryan, again, third appearance. Uh, I know there's a lot of outside pressure on you, especially when you're a five seed. That puts you on upset alert. What are your thoughts on your seeding? What are your thoughts on, uh, I don't know, the experience in the past? Does that help you here in year three? Uh, I think experience helps a little bit, but I also know uh, being the five seed, you know, you just have to know the history of everything and, like, you know, ever since the scene came out, I've been getting lit up by my guys. That, hey, you're going to be the five seed that chokes. And I will say this is probably the least prepared I've been in the three years, uh, just being busy with my day job. Um, but I'm, I'm hoping to get the questions in my wheelhouse that can hopefully uh, help me go through. We made the sizzling 16 year one last year, first round out. So we'll see 
what is in store for you in this one. Let's go ahead and get the music rolling here. We're going to go through our five different tiers of questions. Blake, you are the lower seed. Would you rather go first or go second? I'll go second. All right, so Blake's going to go second. Ryan, you are up first. We'll start in our really easy category. What jersey number did Devontae Graham wear? Four. There you go. All right, you're you're on 1-0 to start 2022. This one for you, Blake, to move it on to the easy round. What jersey number did Frank Mason wear? Zero. Right as well. A lot of good KU players have both worn both those jerseys, four and zero. On to the easy round of questions. For you, Ryan, who made the All-Big 12 first team voted on by the coaches for Kansas this season? That would be Otsai Baji. Correct as well. Would have also accepted the pronunciation of Otsai, as apparently that's how the uh, how you say it, I guess, but I don't think anybody's going to actually call him that. Okay, this one for you, Blake. This wing made the All-Big 12 second team voted on by the coaches for Kansas this season. Christian Brown. Right as well. All right, easy ones. Those are done. On to the medium round. Now things start <laughs> picking up a little bit. Ryan, in KU's 2018 Elite Eight victory over Duke, two Jayhawks had 10 rebounds. One was Silvio DeSosa. Who was the other? I will go. It's got to be speed. Is that your answer? Mikhail. That was my answer. All right. That is correct. Speed with a big game was matched up on Marvin Bagley. Ten rebounds. Big time performance from a sharpshooter with those double digit rebounds. All right. This one for you, Blake, to stay alive. What KU guard led the team with 23 points? In their 95 to 79 Final Four loss to Villanova in 2018. How many points? 23. Uh, I'll go Devontae. Correct. All right, now we're getting to the hard round. Let's pick up the intensity, change up the music, get a little more. Fired up here. All right. For you, Ryan. What KU and Bill Self player holds the record for most minutes played in one individual season? Tyshawn Taylor. Well, it was another point guard. It was Devontae Graham. Devontae Graham with the most minutes played in a single season in KU history. All right, this one for you, Blake, to pull the 12-5 upset. Otherwise, we keep going. Second on that list of most minutes played in a single season played this past season. Who would it be? Oh, 
my gut's telling me Oach, but I want to go Christian. Uh... Man, I feel like Christian was just in there more. Honestly, quick, um, quick. I'll go Oach. I got to follow my gut. Oh, it was Christian Brown. Dang it. Gosh. Christian Brown was the correct answer. COVID game. Yep. Oh, man. True. Yeah, Iowa State. All right, you were right there. All right, we'll stay in the hard round for one more. This one for you, Ryan. KU's third leading scorer in the 1957 to 1958 season also has a street named after him in Lawrence. Who was he? Who is he? Is he still a person? Bob Billings. Nailed it. The street clue is the big one there. All right, this one for you, Blake. In 1987, this KU player and now TV color analyst on select KU games set the school's mark for most fouls in an individual season with 123 of them. What's his name? Nineteen eighty seven. Nineteen eighty seven. He former KU player. Now he's a TV color analyst on select KU games. Most fouls in a single season. Ten seconds. Uh, Chris Piper. <laughs> that is correct. Damn. All right, we got quite the matchup here. Five twelve round. Ugh. You guys up for a really hard one? Let's do it. Yep. Let's go for it. All right, Ryan. The first time blocks were recorded was 1975. Who became the first Jayhawk to lead the team in blocks per game? Only one guy comes to mind, and I'm going to go with Paul McKeskey. I love the guess. The correct answer, though, is Rick Suttle. All right, Blake, another chance to win it. Danny Manning is fourth in points scored by a freshman at Kansas. At the time, though, when he broke the record in 1985, previously holding the top mark that was broken was what player from That's beyond my time. I was negative 14 Ten years old. Ten seconds. Um, Josh Jackson. No idea. The correct answer <laughs> is Carrie Boagney. Carrie Bogney? Never. I don't know how to pronounce it. All right, we're going to move back to the hard round. We got a triple overtime matchup here. For you, Ryan, what former Jayhawk big man holds the school record for most total points in a three-year career, meaning they only played for KU three seasons. Clyde LaBelle. Nailed it. 1,900, almost 2,000 career points for uh, Clyde LaBelle. And he would have played four if not for the uh, old rules where he couldn't play as a freshman. Okay, this one for you, Blake, to stay alive. If you look at KU's all-time leaders in career fouls, 
four of the top five are either forwards or centers. The only guard in the top five ranks second. What's his name? Ten seconds. We'll go, Tyshawn. Mm. Correct answer, Darnell Valentine. Darnell Valentine wow. doing him in there. Well, that was, a, that was a remarkable performance from both of you guys. Absolutely intense stuff. Blake, this is your first time in RCST Trivia, and I think, you know, you come back next year, which we hope to have you back after this performance I think uh, I've said this to a lot of people, so I don't want to oversay it, but like very much you have earned yourself a higher seed. Uh, what do you think of the contest in year one? That was great. I, the oldies nailed me as I thought they would, but uh, I got to respect the age. And um, yeah, good job, Ryan. Well, Ryan, you barely hey, I, avoid the defeat there. What do you think of, of the matchup there? And, and what can you say about your opponent, Blake? Uh, Blake did a great job, and I would have guessed Tyshawn, too, because I felt like he was always in foul trouble. Um, but, yeah, that's great matchup, Blake. You, you really made me work for this one. <laughs> well, thank Good you, luck. guys, to both of you for joining. And, uh, Ryan, we look forward to hearing from you in a couple weeks. Sounds good. Thanks, Derek. Man, fun first matchup. Hopefully that's... I don't know, a, a good start to the day that leads to other good matchups as well. And uh, Ryan finding a way to move on, getting past where he couldn't last year and, and avoiding, I guess, humiliation from his friend group, which is as much, um, I guess, of a, I don't know, a, a fire under your butt as you could have, like just avoiding yeah, yeah, yeah. humiliation yeah, from you your don't friends. Want, yeah. yeah, that's it's kind of like, um, you know, the, the various... Uh, you know, you don't want ever anything dangerous, but if you force a friend to do something embarrassing for finishing last in fantasy football, <laughs> that's so it's like that. You don't want you don't want right. What was that story? Uh, that guy finished last, so he had to spend twenty four hours at a Waffle House. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't want him having to do that. He's got a job. He doesn't need to be spending twenty four straight hours at a Waffle House. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, good for Ryan and. Quality uh, opponent there in the 12th seed. Those are what 5-12 matchups are supposed to be like. Yeah, you know? he got scared. Yeah, he did, but uh, he found a way to move on. So Speaking of, I just the other night watched uh, Purdue versus Arkansas Little Rock back when Chris Beard oh, was there. Oh, that's right. I just watched that game the other night. That was, I think, double overtime, so it felt felt similar. Yeah, that was a cool storyline this year when they had Texas playing Purdue and that uh, Chris Beard had taken out. Purdue, I think if he did it with Texas, he would have done it with like three different schools over like a four-year span. Yeah. With Arkansas, Little Rock, and then Tech in, uh, I think, 2018. But Texas wasn't able to oust him like mighty St. Peter's was. <laughs> no, they were not. No, they were not. All right, uh, we're going to take a timeout. When we come back, we're going to have another one seed going up. Isaac Henderson, our 2020 champion, last year's runner-up. Will he be put to the test by a 16 seed, or will he... Flex his muscle early on in the matchup. We'll find out next on the other side. You're listening to RCST Trivia, brought to you by 23rd Street Brewery, Kirk Geeser State Farm, McDonald's of Lawrence, Homefield Apparel, Pella Windows and Doors, CBD of Lawrence, RockChalk.io, Jayhawk Trophy, and Hawaiian Bros. Here on FM 1017, 1320 KLWN, KLWN.com, and the KLWN app. Depend on it. Our second trivia matchup of the day. We had a one-seed advance yesterday over 16, and it was... 
One of the better matchups we've had, so we'll see if that's the case again in this one with a 116 matchup between Isaac Henderson, our 2020 champ, and our 2021 runner-up, and Kwam Dowdell out of the South region. We'll start with you, Kwam, getting a 16 seed, which don't take any slight to. It has to do with registration. When you registered, you hadn't appeared before in this tournament. Um, what's your level of expertise with KU basketball? Um, I, I was just born and raised here in Lawrence, so um, I'm just going to try to see how far that'll take me. Um, uh, we'll, we'll see how I do. All right. Well, excited to see against Isaac Henderson. Um, Isaac, coming back for year three, uh, do you feel more prepared, less prepared than in years past? Do you feel like you're on a path to vengeance after falling in the title game last year? Yeah, no, I think you, you just get more prepared each year because I think the, the study and all the questions from the past just kind of build on each other. Um, you know, you're kind of looking through the same thing, so just kind of continue to refresh yourself with it. But uh, circumstances are definitely different. Last year kind of felt like I was much more, you know, had a target on my back, that, you know, the villain, whereas this year, you know, kind of going a little more relaxed, you know, don't have don't have that hanging over my head. So uh, hopefully we can go in there, you know, clear, clear mind today and take care of business. All right, let's go ahead and cue the music. We're going to get going here. We'll start in the really easy round. Quam, you're the 16 seed. Would you rather go first or go second? Oh, man, I think I'll go second on this one. Okay, Quam's going to go second. Isaac's going to go first. Putting the one next to the one seed to use there. All right, Isaac, first for you, really easy. Give me the last name of a Kansas player whose first name is Devontae. Graham. Graham is a correct answer. All right, this one for you, Quam. Give me the last name of a Kansas player whose first name is Ochai. All right. Knocking the easy ones out. Let's get to the regular easy category of things. Isaac, following James Naismith, was this head coach who has a standing statue outside of Allen Fieldhouse? I should say immediately following James Naismith. Fog Allen. That's right. Would have given you bonus points to say Forrest Allen. That's all right. Still counts the same. All right. This one for Quam. After Larry Brown won a title at Kansas in 1988, what coach took over from 1988 until the end of the 2003 season? Uh, Roy Williams. There we go. All right, two up, two down for both of you. We're going to get a little more difficult here into the medium section of questions. For you, Isaac, in 2011-2012, this KU big man set the school mark with 27 double-digit rebounding games in one season. Thomas Robinson. That's right. T-Rob, quite the season, helped lead KU to a title game. Okay, for you, Quam. Second on that list to Thomas Robinson for most double-digit rebound games in one season was another KU big man who wore the number zero and did so in his junior campaign in 2001-2002. Who would that be? Uh, Drew Gooden. That's right. Drew Gooden, man. He was such a good player. That 2001-2002 team, fantastic. All right, on to the hard round. We're going to pick up the intensity here. Get a little more difficult. Here's where winners are made. Isaac, on February 4th, 1997, this KU player scored 12 points in overtime tied for most at KU in a multiple overtime game, but it wasn't enough for his team to overcome Missouri. Who is he? 
Say Rafe LaFrance. That's right. Rafe LaFrance. Not even much hesitation there for Isaac, our 2020 champion. Okay, Quam, to stay alive, you've been countering all Isaac's punches. Can you do it again? That record of 12 points in a multiple overtime game was tied by what KU player on February 25th of 2013 in a win at Iowa State? Um, with Elijah Johnson? That's right. Famous uh, game where he went for what? Did he go for 40? Was it near 40? 38, I think. 38. Uh, but although some of it was a, a dunk at the end yeah. with the game sealed, but whatever. Yep. All right. We are uh, going to move up to the really hard round. Both of you guys have been knocking him out of the park. For you, Isaac. Aaron Miles has the KU record for steals in a half during a conference game with seven. What player is second on the list with six in the first half against Kansas State on January 17th, 1998? Can you repeat it for me? So, uh, what player is second on the list for most steals in one half? He had six of them in the first half against Kansas State on January 17th, 1998. Also, I'm giving you 10 seconds now since he had to repeat it. I'll say Paul Pierce. The correct answer is Lester Earl. All right, Quam, you have the chance to do what only one man has done before in RCST trivia. Let's take out Isaac. Jeff Boshi owns the KU freshman record for three-point field goals and three-point attempts in a season for a freshman. Second on that list, achieved this mark in 2003-2004. Who is he? Can you repeat that question for me one more time? Yeah, so second on the list for most three-point field goals and three-point attempts as a freshman for KU did it in the 2003 to 2004 season. Who is it? Um, Keith Lambert? The correct answer is J.R. Giddens. So you both stay alive. All right. Isaac, this one for you. After KU won at Iowa State in 2013, a certain Cyclone super fan got into a dust-up with Bill Self. What is that Iowa State fan and donor's name? Mel Weatherwax. That's correct. That was after that Elijah Johnson of the double overtime game. He was not happy. Okay, Quam. In the summer of 2015, Kansas won the gold medal at the World University Games. What country did they beat in the finals? I'll say... uh, Ten seconds. I'll say China. Oh, man. 
Germany was the correct answer. I remember waking up. It was like 6 in the morning or something to watch that game. KU won over Germany. Valiant effort, Quam. Um, absolutely remarkable. Again, I, I wish that you know you would have been higher than a 16 seed. I, I hope that you come back next year because clearly you showed your medal, and I think you uh, could very much be a contender in this event. What do you think of your first go-around with RCST Trivia? Um, man, I, I was happy with it. I know uh, coming in, you know, I didn't know much about contests. And then I read a little bit, then I seen I was matched up against my man there who's like got a nickname, everything, <laughs> like a living legend. So I figure, you know, when you play against the best, it makes you a little bit better. So I'll be back next year and see what I can do. Yeah, you will. And uh, I think you'll have a more favorable matchup next year now that we have you on record with a pretty good record in, in marks of answering questions. So Isaac, you survive. Have have you been pushed like this in the first round before? I think last year you got pushed pretty well as well. Yeah, I feel like all my uh, my first round games, or even you know, I feel like every time I go against someone, they're always going to bring their best. But uh, you know, I, I do need to address some comments made by a contestant <laughs> earlier this week. I, I believe his name was like Mick or Stick or something like that. Uh, he wanted to throw some shots, and that's fine. He knows I'm the story. I'll get his name in the headlines, but. You know, small dogs bark the loudest. We could tell the insecurity there. Um, and, you know, I'm not even sure he's not he's man enough to not throw his next matchup. Mm. So he can avoid humiliation that would come his way. Uh, and, you know, he wanted to throw around the washed wonderkin. Well, he's just washed up in general. He's old. He's a has-been. Um, and he should know better than to give me bulletin board material. So, he, so welcome to the list. He'll get his if, if he should come to that. I love it. We had the uh, Suck It Scott shirt from year one. Yep. Uh, have you already started thinking about something similar for Nick if if that does end up happening? Oh, yeah, got t- tons of ideas there, you know. Um, that's, why I said, that's why I think he's, he's going to throw his next matchup because he knows he doesn't want it. He, he'll talk a big but come to it. He, he'll, he'll, he'll cower like a little dog. Well, thank you guys both, and, and Quam again, seriously, I hope that we get you back in next year. Isaac, looking forward to hearing from you in a couple weeks for your second-round matchup. Man, what a matchup. I, I tell you, all our 116-215 matchups, they've been remarkable. And that's, again, a you know a hole in the seeding process. Like, if, if you haven't appeared in trivia and you're one of the last people to register, I what else can I do, right? Um, Quam definitely deserves, I think, uh, next year high consideration, right? I, I mean, I've, oh, I've yeah, said that about a lot of people, so, like, I, I feel yeah, stupid. We, we need to keep a list of right? that. I've said Quam, about, like, six people. But, but he might be at the top. Yeah, Quam was fantastic yeah he was and that was a tough one do you did you remember that one the germany yeah yeah i was uh training so at that time i um had kind of my first job in radio but it didn't pay enough so i had a second job where i was delivering paint and i was uh um training it was my training day for that job and the guy training me luckily was very cool because he uh kind of just let me like i just kept checking that game obviously was it denzel wasn't, washington no training day no no, no. no. okay um but uh he did compare himself to king kong weirdly <laughs> enough. but uh but anyway so i kept checking twitter and following along and and that was that was exciting i, I i'd be interested to know how much that i and it's possible that nothing because that team would have come back and, and been great anyway but i wonder how much you know because they lost in that group lost in 14 in the second round 15 in the second round and they they Made it all the way to the Elite Eight. As the number one overall seed. Yeah, so I wonder how much that did help him. 
I have to imagine it did. If nothing Even else, they got him more practices together. Yeah. Although, funny enough, the, I remember the center who really emerged because Sheck Diallo, I don't think it arrived on campus yet. It was and he, Hunter. It was Hunter Dick, or not Dickinson. That's Mickelson. the Michigan guy. Hunter Mickelson, um, which it ended up being Landon in the end for for KU. But yeah, good stuff there. I I thought I thought he had him when Isaac missed the. Uh, I thought he'd get J. R. Really Giddens. hard one. I was ready. I did to, too. I was ready to hit Ding on J. R. Giddens. Yeah, I thought I he really was going to get that. I really did, but Isaac found a way. He moves on. Um, Isaac is now because I'm trying to think that would make him. I don't know off the top of my head. He went probably five and one on questions there. Six. Could be yeah, wrong. Six yeah, and one. Something like that. He that. Let's say it's five and one. That would make him fifty-five and six on questions. Wow. Pretty incredible. He's gonna hear it from Nick about. I mean, now look. Now this was about. He's got a first. He's got to deal with a, a different Nick this, first. Though. Well, this wasn't about Isaac struggling. This was about Quam being fantastic. Yes. But somehow I feel like Nick Schwert is still going to give him a little something uh, on Twitter for struggling against the 16 seed, <laughs> even though that was about Quam's terrific performance, not anything Isaac did wrong. 100%. All right, we're going to take a timeout and get to our third and final trivia matchup of the day between Brian and Samuel, the 6-11 matchup in the West. Another fun day of RCST trivia here. Reminder, everyone who wins their first-round match, Makes a second round, gets a $25 gift card from 23rd Street Brewery and an RCST t-shirt. And uh, RCST trivia overall brought to you by 23rd Street Brewery, Kirk Geezer State Farm, McDonald's of Lawrence, Homefield Apparel, CBD of Lawrence, Pella Windows and Doors, RockChalk.io, Jayhawk Trophy, and Hawaiian Bros. And our title sponsor, 23rd Street Brewery. Dine in, carry out, and catering all available. You can go to the outdoor patio. It's a little nicer today. Yesterday may be a little too cold. Try the Bill South Mac and Cheese, the Haney Turkey Stack, or any great menu items. And don't forget about 23rd Street Brewery's beer, which you can get to go as well with their Crowlers. He's Adam Dravet. I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening to RCST on FM 1017 at 1320 KLWN. Depend on it. Would you like to get involved in sponsoring Rock Chalk Sports Talk or the Best of RCST podcast? How about getting involved in some KU action or local high school sports? You can reach out to us, djohnson at gpmnow.com. That's djohnson at gpmnow.com. And we'll see what we can do to help out your business and get involved here in local sports. Our third and final trivia matchup of the day features the sixth seed, Brian Nauheim, who uh, is... One and one in trivia, six and three on questions against the 11 seed Sam Davis, who is one and two on trivia, seven and two in questions. But man, both those records are a lot better than the matchups. It's it's always tough in RCST trivia. A lot of people know their stuff. This is out of the West region, so we'll start with you, Sam. Um, you know, two years ago we had the the uh, story of thinking you were a, our former RCST intern, Sam Davis. Last year we get to Zoom and we find out that wasn't the case. Um, but now back for year three of RCST trivia, do you feel like you've learned something in the first two years? Have, have you done anything different this year to get ready for RCST trivia? Uh, I don't have to match up with Eric Hansey this year. So that's, that's clutch. <laughs> Was that your matchup um, both times you lost? Uh, year one, I don't remember. Definitely. We went at it for that. That was most of the majority of the questions that I've answered on, on the trivia was last year in that one. And we went back and forth and it, it was some three-point shooting uh, question that knocked me out, but yeah. Well, Brian, you're the sixth seed here, so uh, what's your level of KU fandom, and, and how do you think you performed last year? Do you remember what you uh, lost out on? Yeah, Dave Robish was the question, and I said Bud Stallworth, so um, 
That's about, you know, I've, I've been a KU fan for, you know, my whole life. I was born and raised here, so rock chalk all the way. There we go. All right, well, with that, let's get the music rolling. We're going to get into our matchup here. So we go through our different tiers of questions. Uh, Sam, you're the, the lower seed. You're the 11. Would you rather go first or second? I'll go second. All right, so Sam is going to go second. Brian is going to go first. Really easy category designed for you guys to nail these. So hopefully you do. Uh, this one for you, Brian. Who won the Big 12 regular season title this past season? Kansas. That is correct. Baylor also would have been an acceptable one, but, you know, this is Rock Chalk Sports Talk. I figured Kansas would have been the answer there. Okay, this one for you, Sam. Who won the Big 12 tournament title this past season? That would be Kansas. It was. Kansas won a lot of trophies. Fun to talk about. All right, on to the easy. This is for you, Brian. This Kansas wing who wore the number 25 led the 2005 to 2006 team with 13 and a half points per game. What year was that? 2005, 2006, he wore number 25 and he led the team with 13 and a half points per game. Is that Keith Langford? The correct answer is Brandon Rush. 2000. That would have been uh, Brandon Rush's what freshman season, I think. Yeah. Yep, freshman year. Langford had graduated the spring before. All right. Yeah, the I think the context one there, the number twenty five. That was. All right, uh, on to you, Sam. Chance to win it early here. Second on that two thousand five to two thousand six team was this freshman guard from Alaska who averaged eleven and a half points per game. That would be Mario Chalmers, who also hit one of the biggest shots in KU history. Yes, he did. A lot of people remember that. Well, uh, short-lived there. Um, Brian, I... Make it easy for you guys. I I, I think you knew the answer to the the Chalmers one. Uh, Sam, did you know the answer to to Brian's question? Uh, I was working backwards, and that was leaving me. Um, I kept thinking J.R. Giddens, but I know that that wasn't him. Uh, yeah, it's kind of what happened to me last year. I knew the question that Eric got, and he didn't know the one that I got. So yeah, getting to Langford. Usually how it works, right? When you go out. Yeah. yeah. Tough, tough, Thanks, tough. Sam. Thanks, Derek. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. So, I mean, I, I don't know what to do there, because it's supposed to be an easy, and, and I don't think either guy knew it. I know. I, I question like, whether or not Sam uh, knew it. I... I, I mean, look, I, I think number – look, Keith Langford wore – well, can I say – is that going to be a question in the future? I It might be, but if you're listening now, I mean, you know, do your homework. Listen now. I, I don't Keith think it Langford is. Keith Langford wore yeah. five. Yeah. And he was not part of the 0506 team. No. And I believe – Again, the giveaway even, there should have been 25. Said, Dude, Brandon Rush had his jersey retired, what, last year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 25. Um, Everyone knows 25 think, on the Kansas. 0506. I, that to me, I don't know. Langford obviously wasn't even on that team. That that's a tough one. The only thing I guess, and, and look, I'm not. Maybe if you added, but I, I don't think this was necessary. I think if you added that he was a freshman, but even then, twenty five oh five oh six. That group was such a. I don't know. I, I feel like Brandon Rush is a pretty well known. 
I mean, there's the constant. I mean, Brandon talk Rush led KU what three straight seasons? That, that whole year game? when the team won the national championship, the constant talk was that he wore the same number as Danny Manning. So, I don't know. It's a tough look. It's a tough one. I there are plenty of look. There are plenty of of I'm sure really easy and easy. Look, I, I don't want to be too critical because I'm looking at a sheet with all the answers right in front no, of me. No, I think I so think what I'm learning is kind of tough. I think what I'm learning is that people just don't know jersey numbers. Yeah, that's true. And maybe we should start putting those in the medium and, and hard categories. Because I, I thought Brandon Rush being 25, like, to me, some of the most memorable jersey numbers of the Bill Self era, it's like Mario Chalmers at 15, yeah, uh, Devontae Graham at 4, you know, everybody who wore 0. Sharon Collins. Sharon Collins at 4. And Brandon Rush at 25, like, that's up yeah. there for me. And I think we, we had, I mean, didn't we have a recently a, a miss on... Um, a Mario Chalmers number? Yeah, that was yesterday. We yeah. had a really easy miss. Which is on. one of the iconic. So, again, but, maybe. But look, again, maybe, yeah, maybe we're wrong because my thought is Mario Chalmers is part of not just the most iconic shot, but one of the most iconic photographs right. in the history of KU basketball. And But, again, if people are consistently kind of struggling with these with these jersey number questions, maybe it's us who who's putting up. Questions in in, in in levels that we think they're easy, but maybe they're not. Right. And again, last year we were asking the questions of, you know, instead of it this way where it was, hey, we give you a hint that this guy wore this jersey number, it was name a Kansas player to wear this jersey number. And that may, I, I thought, would be a little harder because then you're starting from scratch. You have no pictures in your head. Whereas if you hear, and, and this one was different because like the Mario Chalmers one was what number does Mario Chalmers wear? Yeah. You should picture Mario Chalmers and you see the jersey, right? Um, so this one's a little different from that standpoint, but I guess, yeah, maybe that's that's just what we're learning here. At the same point in time, I also feel like... That was like, such an iconic group of players. Right. Like, I, I guess if we're testing all KU basketball knowledge, you know, at some point you're probably going to get a question like that. So I don't know. I don't know how to yeah, feel on that. I don't know. Sometimes ones are tough, some, some are not. And, and um, but, you know, I, I don't know. It, it's, um, obviously, I'm... You know, we're, we're always grateful. Um, you know, Brian, you know, we're grateful for everybody who, who competes. This is well, that's the awesome thing. I mean, like, Brian clearly, like, knows his, his old stuff. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. he said, he, you know, he guessed Bud Stallworth last year on a question that was Dave Robish. Like, yeah, clearly so he knows his old hoops. He, yeah, but. he knows. Um, so sometimes people who are good at this just struggle. Yeah. And, and just one question. Like, I, I'm looking through, and I'm not going to name them because we have to use them for future ones, but I'm looking at medium and hard questions that I imagine that Brian would have gotten, and sometimes you just stumble upon the wrong, you know, a difficult, a wrong question, you know, question that just doesn't work out for you. Yeah, that's one of those where it just has me rethinking, like, should that have been in the medium round? But I don't know. It is what it is. And uh, like I said, I, I said this yesterday too. So if you've been listening to RCSU Trivia, which I have found there is a big correlation between the people who go furthest and the people who, whether they listen to it live or they listen back on the podcast, because we put it this all up there, um, and they listen to the other um, contestants go, they listen to the other questions, and they listen to this part of us talking where we say, you know, if you want a hint, like one thing, I mean, we were talking to Ryan, who the 5 seed one earlier, he said, I was listening to yesterday's, and you said, you know, one of the things to be on the lookout for, maybe be studying for those jersey numbers, because we've had some people miss yeah, those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know. He wasn't, I mean, he was part of... Um his first question was, he was the Devontae Graham, what numbers did Devontae Graham, and then the second yep. question, what number did Frank Mason wear? Yep. 
So he said before the thing, I've been studying jersey numbers, and in the really easy category were questions about jersey numbers that worked out for him. So I don't know. I think if you listen, you know, a, a lot to the to the podcast, and I know every you know you, people have jobs they can't devote their whole life to listening to this show, mm-hmm. but um, I think if you've gone back and and you should know that questions like that are coming and it happens. Yep. But you know, thanks to Brian uh, and Samuel yeah. for for well, how about participating. This? Three of the four 11 seeds moving on. How about it? So I guess that's our Cinderella number. All right, he's Adam Dravet. I'm Derek Johnson. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk. We're going to take a time out, then wrap up the hour, and then we'll be back for more RCST uh, after that. All right, this is FM 1017, 1320 KLWN. Depend on it.